Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. As we come to God's Word today, uh, we want this to be seed that lands on good soil. We want our hearts to be prepared to receive this. And so I'm going to lead us in prayer, but you just start praying for that person next to you now that the Lord would speak to them and bless them, that His grace is going to be on this time. Father, we just thank you for each and every person in the room. We thank you for those who are joining us online this morning. And uh, we just bless the people around us this morning in Jesus' name. We bless them with the ability to be able to hear your word. And we bless them that that word will be planted deep in their hearts, Father, Right now, our prayer is that the walls would come down, Lord, and that we would be able to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, we just say yes. We give you permission to come and speak. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to give specific words of encouragement, specific direction to us. In Jesus' name, we just say yes to that. Lord, we just welcome you, and we pray that your word will come and transform us now. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said... Amen. Amen. So good. All right. You're in trouble now because that person next to you that's prayed for you, man, they are a prayer warrior. All right. They might not have known that, but they are. So we're going to get straight into it. Uh, James 4. If you have your Bible, turn to James 4 with me this morning. This is an amazing passage that we're going to be looking at today. And uh, we've been talking about the fear of the Lord recently. And this is something that God's really been stirring up in me and a work that he's been doing in our church as well. Um, James 4, before we get into it, I want to talk about two words. Uh, that probably aren't our favorite words, but these are two words that we actually need to have a really clear understanding of Before we get into this passage, two words that we cannot avoid when it comes to speaking about fear of the Lord, okay? Are you excited to hear what they are? Uh, The two words are humility and submission. Isn't that great? Everyone's like, yes, I'm so glad I came today. This is amazing. Um, All right, so come with me on this. I studied these words just to make sure I've really got my head and my heart around these words. So submission. I don't, know, I don't know what that kind of stirs up in you as soon as I say that, this word of submission. Um, the dictionary says it this way, the action of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. And so when we put that in a biblical context, then we understand that we are obviously, as followers of Jesus, we are submitted to the Father, that he is that superior force, that he is that authority. And so we submit ourselves, we bring ourselves under and we acknowledge who he is in that area. Okay, the next word, humility. The dictionary says this, freedom from pride or arrogance. Just look at the person next to you and ask them if they're humble. (laughs) I know, that's that's a hard one to answer, isn't it? I stitched you up. Um, so a biblical understanding of humility um, 
comes from a couple of different angles. So there is the humility that we have that is an awareness of ourselves that actually places us in a place where we can love and accept and we can serve other people. So there's that relational humility that we have. And then there's that humility that we have when it comes to the Father as well. And what this looks like is that it is a complete acknowledgement of who he is and an actual trust in his wisdom. And so humility is required for us to be able to come to the Father and say, Lord, we actually believe that you know best, that you are superior, and not to have this complex where we think, well, you know, God's pretty good, but I probably know a bit more than him, right? Now, I know that that sounds silly right now. We struggle. Like when we talk about that, we go, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. I get that the Lord, he's really clever and all that stuff. He creates stuff. He's powerful. But the reality is that when we step into our lives, there are times and seasons and situations where we actually, we think that, but we don't behave that way, right? And so there's an alignment that's actually required in this area of humility with the Father. I want you to know that humility is not insecurity or self-condemnation. Yeah, that's, that's false humility. And some people you'll know, like they just kind of beat themselves down in this attempt to be humble. And you know what? It's, it's, it's actually not what the Father is saying about you or what the Father is saying about those people. And so they just say, oh, you know, I'm worthless or, you know, I'm nothing and all these things. You know what? The Father does not think that about you. He actually thinks you're amazing. He's created you for incredible plans and purposes. And so we've got to be careful of that self-condemnation. And the truth is that the further you get into actually understanding who you are, your identity in Christ, then the more help that is going to be for you to actually be humble in the kingdom. Because you can be confident and still be humble as well, right? I know who I am. I know who the Father has created me to be. That means I know who I'm not also. And in that place, I have the confidence to say I need to get low with the Father. Are you with me? Okay. All the confident people say amen. That's good. Proverbs 22.4 says this, Humility is the fear of the Lord. And in this translation, it says its wages are riches and honour and life. And what that actually meant means is not the cost, but what we actually get in coming into humility. Okay. And so we're talking about fear of the Lord. You cannot pull humility away from fear of the Lord. All right. Um, Isaiah 66, I love this word. It says, this is what the Lord says. These are the ones I look on with favour, those who are humble and contrite in spirit. That means uh, repentant and who tremble at my word. These are the people that the Father looks for and pours his favour on. Okay, so this is a big deal. All right, there is going to be the Holy Spirit is going to be touching areas of pride in our life this morning. All right. I just want to give you a heads up. If this is like already like sandpaper for you, this is, okay, there's more. Uh, <laughs> the other week I was sharing with you how I used to work for Energex before I went to Bible college and became a pastor. Um, I was 
a cable joint up with Energex. And there was this season where I got into that and I did all this training. They've got this special training yard. They take you to training yard and it's where you kind of get to practice and everything before you go out and you get to actually do stuff in the field. And I remember this time, it was, it was one of the first times that I'd actually got out of the training yard and I was in the field. And uh, it was really daunting. You, you get a tradesman, you jump in the truck from the depot one day, the boss is giving you a list of jobs and you go out. And we get to this first job and it's this pole and we've got to do some work up this pole and we're looking, we're standing there looking at this pole and we realise that this is like a hectic job because at this particular pole, it's on the corner, on a street corner and there are, it's, it's the intersection for all these conductors. There's, there's cables coming in everywhere and we're looking at this job and we realise there's no way for us to actually turn the power off to do this work so we're going to have to leave it live. And um, I remember this moment where we've been looking at this job and the tradesman looks at me and he goes, all right, I'm going to send you up the pole. And I'm like looking at him and I'm like, there is no way I can do that. Like, I'm going to die if I go up there. And he's like, no, no, no. He says, look at me. He says, if you do what I say, when I say it, you're going to be fine. And I'm like freaking out, but I'm like, okay. And so we get a ladder and go up this pole. And I am literally standing between all these conductors. I've got live wires on each side and I stand up between them to do this job. And so if anything goes in the wrong place, I'm just going to get barbecued, right? That's not a pretty image. Uh, It's not going to work out well, right? And so... Uh, I'm at the pole, he's on the ground, and he's literally telling me what to do bit by bit. Like he is saying, Dan, I want you to turn to the left. Now reach down with your right hand, pick up the shifter out of the bag, reach up to your left. Like he is telling me every little thing. When I've done that, he says, now I want you to rotate back to the right. Now, I want you to get down on your knees for this next bit. And I'm just like, man, whatever you say, I'm doing it, right? You can tell me, like, do the hokey pokey. I'm in. And so after a few hours, anyway, I get down off this pole and I'm so happy to be standing on the ground. And he's like, comes over and he's like, well done. Like, you did exactly what I said and you did a great job. And, you know, this is exactly what it's like with the father, is that we come in this place of humility and submission. And I had to come with this tradesman. I had to acknowledge that I actually submit to you. Like you are far more experienced than me. You know how to do this job. And then I'm actually going to put my trust in you. What you tell me to do, I am going to do, right? And this is what it's like with the Father, that we come to him in that place of humility and submission. We say, Father... What you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. When you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. Because I actually acknowledge that you are far greater than me and I actually trust you. And this is what it looks like to walk as a follower of Jesus every single day. This is what it looks like to be a spirit-led follower of Jesus Christ. And this is how Jesus actually lived. Um, in, in John 15, he says, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so this is Jesus Right? 100% God, 100% man on earth, and yet he is still looking to the Father to know exactly how the Father wants him to live. 
And this is the place the Lord actually calls us into. So with, with that kind of groundwork, these two words, okay, humility and submission, now we're going to get into James 4. And uh, we're going to start reading at verse 7. I just want to give you a tiny bit more context as we jump into this. Back in verse 4, this is what James says. He's addressing two issues. He's addressing sin and he's addressing pride, the sin of pride. And this is what he says in verse 4. He says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So here's what he's actually saying. He's saying this. He's saying some people are being spiritually unfaithful to God. And what's happening is the world, which is the ways, which, which are people who are opposing the ways of the Lord, you are actually following those people, the ways of the world, rather than following the will of the Lord. Okay? So this is a context that he's speaking into. Verse 7, this is what he says. He says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So this is a full-on passage, right? This is like, this is no, you're not getting fluff here today, all right? You're getting some, some meat. So we find this list of commands here. And these are commands that actually require immediate action for us to fight against, to prevent pride and sin in our lives. All right? So this is, this is speaking to each one of us in some way. So don't switch off here. The truth is that this is a list that most Christians kind of skim over and treat with lightly. But when it comes to this place of fear of the Lord, this is not something that we want to skim over. This is something that we actually need, like we need to get this, okay? We need, like we need to get this good. Let me just talk about a couple of these. First of all, submit yourselves to God. We have talked about that, but here's what I want you to know, is that sin happens when our desires become more important than the Father's will, okay? Let me say that again. I've got masks looking at me, so like blank faces, sin... <laughs> Sin happens when our desires become more important than the Father's will, all right? And so if you can literally think about a situation in your life now where there was sin, then you'll be able to realise that it was your personal desire that actually was greater than the will of God in that situation. Are you with me? Okay. Can someone just give me a hoot, all right? Just, okay. Thank you. I know this is heavy. Uh, Second one, resist the devil. Here's my question for you this morning. Is what are you actually doing to flee from sin and temptation? If you think about the things in your life that pull you off track, what are you actually doing to guard yourself from those things? Because this says resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there is an attack 
that you actually have to stand against. You are required to do something so that you can win that and the enemy can flee, right? Now, here's something. I was talking about this with with someone recently. Um, Sometimes it's going to be the familiar that you need to be careful of. And here's here's what I mean by that, okay? Sometimes it's going to be a familiar person And just because they're familiar to you does not mean that they are a friend or that they are for you, okay? They can be someone who is actually pulling you into a place where you are moving from the will of the Father. But they're familiar to you. They're comfortable to you in some sense. But hear this warning. Do not misunderstand the relationship, okay? There are also places that can be familiar places for you. And they're familiar for some reason, like you feel comfortable in those places. Maybe some of that comfort actually comes because they were a part of your past. And there's a place and it's familiar for you, but it is not a place that is healthy for you to be. Just because it's familiar, just because it's comfortable. And so we actually have to be active in setting up these boundaries to protect ourselves in our everyday life. All right? Uh, Come near to God, it says. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Wash your hands, purify your hearts. This is actually imagery from the Old Testament. And so it's all about spiritual cleansing. This is what the priests would do when they would come into the presence of the Lord. And in our context now, this is actually referring to inner purity. And so what, like, what's your thought life like? When it comes to purity in your life, what are you doing to protect yourself in that place? When you're coming to the Father, just like we've done this morning in worship, what posture is your heart in? Is it clean or is it dirty? Are we keeping short accounts with the Father? Are we living pure? Um, it goes on, grieve, mourn and wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Okay, this is not a full-time mindset for you. Okay, you're like, but joy is so great. Aren't we meant to be joyful? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Absolutely, yes. This is in context to our sin and our pride. It is so important that we actually understand it. And when we realise it, that we understand it to the point where we will grieve, where we will mourn and where we will Wail. This is important to the Lord. You know, um, I've talked to people and they, they have this understanding that secret sin, unconfessed sin in your life, that it will only affect them, that it doesn't go any further than them. And here's what I want you to know is that sin will always come between us and the Father and it will always have an effect on people around you. And so do not believe this lie for a second that there is, if there is something in your life that it is just you that it is affecting. Sin is like cancer. It's, it's like the Lord just hates it and he wants it out of our life because he loves us, he loves people and he wants relationship with us. And we need to understand just how serious it is. Finally, it says, humble yourselves with the Lord. And I'm going to talk about that. All right, draw near. I want to touch on this. 
Um, draw near. I think in this version, New King James, I've been preaching out today, it says, come near to God. Can you repeat after me? Come near to God, and he will come near to you. One more time. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So how many people know that part of our relationship is about us actually coming to the Father? Do you see who moves first? We come near to God and God comes near to us. All right? And don't get caught up in theology. I know that it's the Father's grace that lets us come to him in the first place. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in our walk with the Lord, we pursue intimacy with the Father and the Father draws close. He responds to us. Okay, it is our responsibility what our relationship with the Father actually looks like. Okay, someone needs to hear this today. It is not the family that you're in. It, it, like, it's not about the church that you're in. When it comes down to it, it is you who needs to draw near to the Father so the Father can draw near to you. All right, and here's what it looks like. If you're thinking, well, what exactly does that look like? Let me just flip it. For you, first of all, if you want to create distance, so rather than talking about come close, if we want to create distance with someone, what do we do, right? First of all, we create physical distance. So we're probably going to make sure that we're not in the same place at the same time as that person. Then we create like distance in terms of communication as well. So you might like, you might not want to answer phone calls or text or block them on Instagram or, you know, just whatever that looks like for you. But you're creating distance with people. So if we flip this now and we say, what does it look like to come close to the Lord? I want you to think about what it looks like to come close to someone you love, right? Maybe for some of us, go back to like your first love or whoever you're married to now, maybe think about that relationship. And when you first <laughs> fell for them or something like that, there's a few people that are like, I don't want to think about that. Okay, whatever works for you. And you, like, you, I mean, you wanted to get close to them, right? What did that look like for you? I'll tell you a story. This is going back a long time. So Liz and I, we started dating when we were 17 years old. Yeah, I know. Uh, that was good. Well done. And, uh, and I, I still remember this day. Like, man, I was head over heels, right? I had been praying to the Lord. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I was, man, I was a long way from the Lord. But I was still, I had this sense in my heart. I'd been praying to the Lord, Lord, I need a cool Christian girl. Right? I didn't know many cool Christian girls. And I really wanted a cool Christian girl. And then Liz was one of the only Christians in our school. And I'd met Liz and uh, I even visited, like our church, visited their church one weekend. I was like, man, she's amazing. Anyway, I was head over heels, right? And uh, we start dating. And there was this morning where I'm like, oh, man, I just like, I just want to tell her, you know, how amazing she is. And so I wake up, I'm just, I'm 17 years old. I jump on my bike. I live, we live five suburbs apart. And so I jumped on my bike and I rode to the train station. I jumped on the train. I caught the train to her suburb 
And uh, it's real early. Thankfully, the flower shop was open and I picked up the bouquet of flowers and I wrote a mushy card. You don't get to know what I wrote on the car, but it was beautiful. And uh, I took the flowers on my bike and I rode to her house and my plan was I'm just going to leave these on the front doorstep. And when she wakes up, there's going to be like flowers from down waiting for her. Of course, I get to the house and there is her oldest brother out the front packing his car. His family's heading off to the snow and he, like, he's got a good half an hour of packing the car. And so I kind of pull up and I see them all out front. I'm like, oh, my goodness. The oldest brother of everyone, right? He hates me just for having a heartbeat. And so I'm just like, man, I've come all this way. I'm going to do it. And so I went and I gave the flowers to him. That sounds weird. And I said, can you please give these to Liz when she wakes up? And he was like, sure, Dan, no worries. I'll do that for you. And then there was just this awkward silence. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go now. And he's like, see you later, mate. And that was it. When we want to be close to someone, like we'll do anything to be close to them, right? If you're saying, what does it look like to be close to the Father? What does it look like to get close to people? And this is what it's like with the Father. First of all, I want you to think about the physical. What does it look like to put yourself in a physical location where you can be close to the Father? I can tell you this. It involves coming to church. This is the plan the Father has for us to be in church, okay? This is part of how he does things. We get in church. We get ourselves physically around people who are going to encourage us towards the Lord, right? Man, we are, we're, like, we've all got battles. We've all got challenges. And God has not created us to do life alone. He has created us to do life in faith community. And so when you feel like you're being taken out, you need to get in your faith community to the people who are praying for you, the people who are saying, it's going to be all right. The Lord is victorious. Hang in there. We're with you. They're praying into specific situations for you, right? Physically. Secondly, I want you to think about your posture. In terms of communication with the Father, your posture is your spiritual attitude, Where am I placed? Like, have I blocked the Lord right now? Like, if he calls me, am I going to pick up? Or am I saying, Father, you've got an open door. Any way you want to speak to me, I want to hear from you. And so you're making time, you're in the word, you're praying, you're in worship, you're saying, Lord, I want to speak with you. Like, I want to tell you stuff. I want to hear you tell me stuff. This is what it actually looks like to draw near to the Lord. I want to ask you this when it comes to posture too. Is your heart clean? When you come to the Father, are you releasing offence? Are you releasing bitterness? Are you repenting from sin? Are you coming to that place where you get low and you say, Father, here I am, and you just have this blank canvas for him? This is what it looks like to draw near. I want to. Um, I just want to show you this really quick video clip today, and uh, we showed one last week. This is a testimony that comes out of the refresh course. 
And this is a guy in our church. His name's Brett. He's a total legend. And uh, God just wrecked him in this season. But I'm going to let him tell his story. So we've got that video. Can we play that, guys? Um, what, what can I say? For those of you that know me, this is pretty big for me just to be here. So thanks to this guy, to Ben and to Kerry. I wasn't going to do Refresh. I boxed with Russ a couple of nights a week and um, I'd been going through some stuff during the year, from the start of the year, carrying a lot of stress that most people wouldn't worry about, but I was, I was carrying and it was consuming me a lot. I'd share it with Russ and it was kind of like I was boxing out the energy, but I was boxing out a bit of a counselling session as well with Russ, so it was really good. Um, I nearly didn't do Refresh and I couldn't actually get in to sign in to, to pay for it. And I went, no, nah, I'm not doing it, that's it. Kerry grabbed my phone and said, here you go, it's, it's paid, you've you got to go. So, so I did it. And wow, I'm so glad I did it. And it was so good. Um, right at the start, I was asked, what did you want to get out of the course? And I just wanted to meet God. I just wanted to come in. I just wanted to get a word. I wanted to meet God. The first word I had prayed over me and was given to me was, you are worthy. You are so worthy, you, you are right here. And then the following week, I had another word, and it was God is going to meet you where you're at. So for me, that was really big. And I'd been doing the readings at home, in the house. Didn't feel right. I went out to my shed. I sat in the shed. I sat amongst my classic motorbike and my box of tools. This is me. I'm a tradesman. I sat out there. Well, God met me there. He was waiting for me in the shed. And bang, he, he got me, so... It was, it was good. Um, I went to the retreat. I was a bit sceptical, I will admit. I sort of went, yeah, I'm not a big worship person. I don't do worship music. Well, I didn't. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> the word that was spoken over me at the retreat, it was like I'd had my story written on the front, front of my shirt and people were going, this is, this is you, this is the word for you. I'm like... Someone's been telling them about me. They know everything about me. So that really impacted me a lot. It was a really good weekend. I come away knowing God a lot more than what I did before I went. The last week of the readings, I was sitting in my shed again. It was quite a good little spot. Shut the doors, nice and quiet. I said to God, look, I've been doing this for five weeks. What is it you really want me to hear? What I'm, I'm getting the message. I'm journaling. I've never journaled before. What do you want me to read? What do you want me to hear? going to finish up. He gave me a verse. I'd, I'd finished my reading and I'd prayed and the pray, I'd never prayed like that before and it was really encouraging to me. So when I'd finished praying, I'd sat in the shed, I was getting ready to walk out and my phone flashed up an alert and it was a Bible passage of a, of a Bible app and it was Ezekiel 36, 26 and it said, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you and I will take out your stony stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart and for me that God has done that I've learned to give everything to him I'm not carrying anywhere near the volume of stress that I did six weeks ago I've just learned to let it all go and hopefully my family can see it because it it was consuming me pretty big so yeah I've learned to come to love God and include him into everyday life and want to be with him every morning and as far as when I talked about the worship music, I hop in the car at half past four to go to work. I listen to Bethel all the way to work. I don't listen to the radio. It sets my day up. I get to work half an hour early. 
I have a half an hour of prayer and I go in and yeah, it's so good. So if you're thinking of doing it, sign up. How good's that? That's um like that's not just a plug for the refresh course. You know, that that's like that's a testimony. That's what it looks like to draw near to the Lord and and I think about that, I think about all those places where the Father is waiting, you know, sheds everywhere. Whatever that looks like for you, that we would get ourselves to a place where the Father can meet with us as we draw close to him. Uh, there's this, um, at, at the end of this passage, it ends with this verse, verse 10. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will lift you up. And I was really like meditating on this. And I was like, God's been speaking to me really powerfully just in preparing this and like in what he's been doing in my heart. And I came to this and I said, like, Lord, what does this, what does this really look like? It says, humble yourselves and he will lift you up. And I thought we've probably all got our own understanding of of what we understand is he will lift you up. But what, what did James like actually mean when he wrote this? And I did some investigation. And it leads us to this picture, this image of a subject coming into the throne room. And the king's there on the throne. And the subject is allowed to come before the king but the king has the power of life and death in his hands. And so the subject comes and the subject uh, bows before the king, like in an act of humility and submission, they bow before the king and they, they get low, their eyes go to the ground, they're on their knees before the king and the king's there. And the king can command that the subject's life will be taken if the king's not in a good mood, right? If the king's like, you know, just not feeling real sociable, he might just say to the subject, rise. And that's giving them permission to speak. But a caring, kind king reaches down to the subject on the ground and might take them even by the chin and lift their chin up and their eyes are lifted up from the ground and then continues to lift them up off their knees till they're standing in front of the king. I to eye and because they've humbled themselves then the king gets to actually lift them up and in doing so the king is giving them status the king is saying you are accepted I am telling you that in this moment you are worthy to speak to communicate with me to bring your requests to me and when it comes to pride the opposite is true Pride is the action of us trying to lift ourselves up. And there are times where we come before the king and we don't bow, but we stand. And the Lord is calling us to lay everything down before him. All our pride Everything maybe that we've fought for, that other people have spoken over us and we've had to hang on so tight to fight for who we really are. The Lord comes, calls us into this place where he says, come low so I can actually lift you up. 
This is what it looks like to be lifted up. Matthew 23, Jesus says this. He says, greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves, those who lift themselves up will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. They will be lifted up. Philippians 2, it said that Jesus did this very thing, that he humbled himself by taking the very nature of a servant. That even Jesus himself came and he humbled himself and he got low before us. This is, this is who he is. So when it comes to fear of the Lord, the Father calls us to come low. And we dismiss who he is when we don't. And we miss out on the opportunity to actually be in his presence. Do you know in that throne room that there are guards on the door and that if you don't come humble, you you don't even get to see the king. The Father's calling us to come low. And this is what fear of the Lord looks like. John Bevere gives this amazing uh, example where he talks about the narrow road and the narrow gate from Matthew 7. And it says this, it says in verse 14, it says, Small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And Jesus is talking about the wide road and the wide gate, and he's saying this is the path that leads to destruction. And so many people end up on this path. But there is a narrow gate and a narrow road that leads to life. John Bevere teaches this, this, this idea that on either side of this road, there's a ditch. And on one side of the road, there's this ditch, and it's called legalism. And the barrier to stop us falling into legalism is called love. Legalism is this place where we just take everything as black and white. It's void of love. It's void of grace. We turn a relationship with the Lord just into rules, into judgment, into fear, like actually being scared of the Lord. And love is the guardrail. On the other side of the road is this ditch, and it's called lawlessness. And the guardrail for this ditch is fear of the Lord. It's fear of Lord that prevents us from slipping into this ditch that is ultimately an abuse of grace. Where we are followers of Jesus and some of us have been followers of Jesus for a very long time and yet we continue to fall into this ditch because there is no fear of the Lord. And so we walk this narrow path into the life that the Lord has for us but we do it with love and we do it with fear of the Lord. That's what keeps us on the path. And there are some of us, I was praying about, Lord, what does this look like? How do we land this whole little thing that we've had about fear of the Lord? What does this look like? And the Lord says to me, some people need to come this very morning, physically need to come and spend time at the altar because they have fallen into this ditch of legalism and they've lost love. They've lost a love for me and they've lost a love for people. And he said, there's other people that need to come because they're living in this place of lawlessness and they've actually been doing it their whole Christian life, that they love Jesus, but they have no fear of the Lord. Did you know that's possible? You can be in that ditch and you can love Jesus, 
but you can have no fear of the Lord. And so you live your way and you end up in this ditch. And the Father is calling us to walk this narrow road. And I tell you what, it says only a few find it. And that is the truth. And that's what we see. That's what we see in ministry, that there are only a few people who are prepared to really walk along this path. But the Father wants it to be you and the Father wants it to be me. And so this morning, I want to invite you to the altar. And if there's any of these things, submission, humility, resisting the devil, sin, pride, drawing near to the Lord, wash your hands, purify your hearts, grieve, mourn, repentance, humble yourselves before the Lord. If there's anything that needs to happen, I want to give you an invitation and an opportunity to bring it before the Lord this morning. But I want to leave you with this picture. If you feel like, Dan, this is all really heavy and this is just doom and gloom, I want to leave you with this picture, okay? Luke 15 gives us this beautiful image of who the father is. And we know the story of the prodigal son and he goes, he decides to repent and turn back and run to the father, right? He's got his speech prepared and everything. And on that day, he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back and I'm going to just submit myself as a slave to the father. And what does the father do? We know that the father runs out, which was totally uncustomary in that time that this this man would actually pick up his robe and he would run out to greet his son. And I was listening to something the other day and they said that, do you know what this situation possibly even involved? Is that many of the people in that village would have known that this son disgraced the father. And the father... He wanted the son to be restored to relationships so desperately and he didn't want him to have to walk through shame and condemnation. And so as he's walking from the distance, the Bible says a father is looking to the distance, waiting for his son to return. You know why he's looking to the distance? Because as people see the son come, they want to judge the son and heap shame on the son because of what he's done to the father. But the father doesn't want him to go through any of that. And so the father looks to the distance. And when he sees the son coming, he hitches up his robe and he runs out to the son with his arms wide open to greet him because he doesn't want anyone to look down on his son. He doesn't want any shame, any condemnation. And yet the son still has that opportunity to come to the father, to come low, to come and submit his life to the father. And I can picture the father. Can you picture this scene? The son gets down on the road, on his knees, head down. And the father comes running in and he picks up the son's chin and he lifts him up and then he just hugs him. And you know the rest of the story. He says, get the ring, get the robe, kill the calf. We're having a feast. There's going to be a party because my son has returned. And this is what the Father wants. Because here is the thing. When we live in sin and pride, we live as spiritual orphans. But we're children of God. We have been adopted into His Father. So can I invite you just to jump on your feet? And worship team, I'm going to get you guys up here. And we're going to worship. 
And this space down the front this morning is just here for you to come. And you know what? Unless the Lord tells you to do something specific in terms of talking to someone else, um, maybe apologising or seeking forgiveness or something, I, I don't even want you to come in that space. I just want you to come to the Lord. Just come to the Father this morning. So I'm just going to pray for us. You can start coming now. Come right now if, if this is you this morning. I tell you this too. The enemy is going to want you to stay, to not do anything, to put walls up, to stand in pride and offence this morning. Can I just encourage you, just let the Lord push that aside and just come low this morning. Father, we just thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for who You are, Father. We thank you that when, you, when we come low, you lift us up, Lord. That we don't need to run after status. That we don't need to put other people down. That we don't need to walk in sin and shame, Father. That we can find everything we need in you. And so Holy Spirit, this morning we just invite you to come and do your work as we come. As we come and we repent, as we come and as we put things before you this morning, Holy Spirit, come. Come and do your restoring work. Come and set us on the path. Come and restore what the enemy has taken. Come and lead us deeper into you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.